Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week, Uncle Tony is back after LJ's criticisms to talk about this week in the NFL. From Josh Gordon to penalties to the Steelers locker room, this has been a wild week. Find out who won't make the playoffs and more this week on Just Press Play. Welcome to Kirk Cousins. Here we go. I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. You like apples? All right, here we are. We we are missing LJ tonight, but we do have another appearance from Uncle Tony. He's back. What's going on, Tone? Gentlemen, how you doing? <laughs> he called, we got, he and, called us gentlemen, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and as always, we got pops on board. And here, go ahead. What, what were you going to say, Tom? Well, I wanted to say uh, thank you guys for inviting me back. I really appreciate it. I was real excited last week to get the uh, call and even more excited this week because, you know, I get invited to a lot of places. I don't always get invited <laughs> the second time to a lot of places. So I appreciate the yeah. uh, invitation. Yeah. It's that second invite that can be kind yeah, of uh, kind one. of be tough. That's so we're not going to tell him this was a pity invite, right, Kev? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we were supposed to keep that off the recording, but all right, now, now I guess the cat's out of the bag. I guess. Oh, well. Well, so we can go ahead and jump in a little bit. There's a lot to react to uh, from the last time we recorded. So as you know, Dad, we were talking last time about potential Josh Gordon places, and it looks like the Patriots have pulled off again. The, the Patriots got Josh Gordon. We got some pass interference problems. Then we we didn't even get to talk about Sunday night and Monday night. So we'll just start there to kind of go from the beginning. Do y'all have any big reactions from the, the Sunday night game, the Giants-Cowboys? Well, the Cowboys, I, you know, they looked – Tony was saying they're not going to make the playoffs, and they certainly looked a lot better. But I think most of that is they played a bad Giants defense. I think that's yeah. the biggest. Part I think of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let I, I'm interested to see where Tony has to go because I know Tony just loves talking Cowboys. But my favorite thing from the game clearly was was Eli Manning's face throughout the throughout the day as he was getting up off the ground, and then after the game, he just had the the the, the classic Eli face where he just looks pitiful and sad and maybe confused at why he's at a stadium. But uh, Tony, right. Tony, what you got? What what do you think from the game? Well, I, I think it's interesting, and first of all, you know. I've never been compared to Skip Bayless before, and I do appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I don't know where that where that came from, but um, you know that was for me that 
was as the Cowboy fan I am, my worst nightmare. Because here's the deal. That was a very bad Cowboy team on the field. They had one play for 60 something yards. It wasn't even a drive. They didn't have a they didn't have a touchdown drive until the fourth quarter. And you know, against that Giants defense, that's just not acceptable. I'm I'm you know, yeah, it was a win, but come on, dude. You know, Tavon Austin fools you and gets out there and gets that seven points. That that's fine, but that was just that was just a poor display of offense, and I don't know where they go from there. Uh, but because uh, they're not going to get they get the Giants one more time, so I guess two and fourteen is not out of the question. Uh, but <laughs> oh, uh, God, but I'll I make say, another bet with you, Tony, that they're going to be better than two and fourteen. <laughs> they will probably get one more than that, and I, I certainly hope that I'm wrong. But you know, those are the kind of wins that keep Jason Garrett in the driver's seat and keep you know Jerry Jones, uh, you know, pass around the Kool Aid. But that was just not a good offensive showing defensively. That was pretty. That they are getting better defensively. I'm just waiting for the Sean Lee injury, and then it'll all go downhill from there. Well, they held you know, Sean Lee out a lot during the game, didn't they? Mm-hmm. For some reason, it did seem like he wasn't. Well, I think so. I'll kind of go with what Tony was saying. I think the the Cowboys are uh, to to jump ahead. I, I, this isn't who I'm going with, but I think the Cowboys are who exactly who Tony thinks they are, and that's <laughs> they're just they're they're average at best. That offense, like Tony was saying, still. You know, that was Dak didn't screw anything up, but Dak Prescott went 16 for 25 with 160 yards and a touchdown. 64 yards and a touchdown was all on that one Tavon Austin play where, yes, they do. that. That's why they brought Tavon Austin in is to be explosive. But if you watch the replay, Janoris Jenkins, who's a good corner for the Giants, just kind of slipped and then Tavon Austin got out. And yeah, take advantage of the plays when you can. But if you take that play off, then Dak Prescott only had 96 yards passing and ended up with four yards per attempt and six yards per completion. So it was very poor. Ezekiel Elliott, at one point in the game, did look really good when the Giants' defense started to look tired, and he just looked you know, stronger and faster. But it was a poor outing by the offense. I'm still – I think they lack explosiveness and creativity. And then the defense, I do think they're good, but they won't get to play the Giants' offense every week. So it's going to get tougher. Well, but the Giants' offense should be good. I mean, they've got – uh, Saquon Eli's Barkley, washed. Got, Eli uh, Manning I, is he, washed I, I have to admit, he he does look like he's washed up. But before we get off, now Zeke did touch the ball twenty three times. That is more like it. We you got to let Zeke touch the football. And that Especially run, that, that that run pass option, that run pass option worked. I, I mean, I I don't think that's going to continue to work all year, but it certainly worked in that game. And Dak does have a little bit of running ability, but if he keeps getting out there and running the ball like that, he's not going to play 16 games. He may not anyway, but he won't for sure uh, yeah. doing that. I think interestingly, I think you were looking at two teams that are – the only thing that I think the Giants and Cowboys are very similar teams this year where their quarterbacks are going to hold them back. And the thing that Dak Prescott has that Eli doesn't is he can run a little bit. You saw that. I think that was kind of the difference maker is playmaking with his legs mm-hmm. in the game. Now that's a good because the Giants have a pretty good defense as well. And they they tried to do the Saquon Barkley thing and they gave he had I think at one point he had a weird stat line. I think he had like 12 catches, but only yeah. 10 yards on him or something. Yeah. Weird. They were yeah. getting on the ball. Yeah. And a part of that was you heard if you listened after the game, there was like a little mic'd up thing where Zeke and uh 
Barkley were trading jerseys. And Barkley was like, man, y'all, y'all's defense really did get to the ball. And you did notice every time that he got the ball in open field, there was a lot of Cowboys jerseys running. Jalen Smith looked fast. The defense looks pretty good. But I'm we're just not going to get to play Eli Manning every week. I think this that, that is an issue game because the Cowboys are going to end up going 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight, but have a few of those games where maybe Jerry Jones will let Jason Garrett stick around and Sean Linehan. And I just uh, think you're just staring at 8-8. Eight and eight. You're just looking at uh, it in the mirror. And I, I don't understand. Yep. Yeah. yep. But – I want to move on to that. Yeah. Yep. That's what I want to move on to that Monday night football game. And I, I had a few thoughts for it, but I, I left mainly thinking one before this year. I, and Khalil Mack was seen as a really good player before he got to the Bears. And that just seems like this, he might have been criminally underrated the past years. That guy is a beast. They could not block him. What is up with that? I mean, sir, he was good, but he wasn't this good. And yeah. I mean, he, he can't well, be I think in football he was. Shape. He was playing on a terrible defense. Well, on the Raiders had, we used to always say, it was funny. This was Ryan Rosillo's thing all year last year. When people would talk about the Raiders, they would go, yeah, well, they have Derek Carr and a good offense. And then they have Khalil Mack and those guys on defense. You never really could name another player on their defense besides Khalil Mack last year. I think he just played on a terrible defense. And that Bears defense looks really good, spearheaded by Khalil Mack. But they have some serious talent. I'm buying it. I love the Bears. I just think – I don't know what to think about Trubisky. I think he's, they're going to go as yeah. far as he takes them. But there's some talent. What y'all think about that game? Well – I, I saw the replays. I didn't get to see the didn't see the most of the game. But one thing I'll say is about Cleo Mack is you've caught him prime of his career. He's in the last he was in the last year of that rookie contract. So that's was year four. The end yeah. year four. Year four. He's right in the prime. Right he's starting prime. to really he came get, out, learn it. And yeah, and he came out a year early, I believe. And so you're catching him at just the right time. And Kevin, I think you've said something great there. You've put him with a good supporting cast that allows him to freewheel. One of the things that I've noticed, two guys reminds me of uh, Derek Thomas played with the Chiefs. I think mm-hmm. used to dominate games from the defensive side. And this may be where they're going with him is we'll start to see some comparisons to, to Lawrence Taylor from where you just, he just completely took over a game and could, and you just you either couldn't run away from him. You couldn't run at him. And it, there were just times there for two or three years where Lawrence Taylor just, there was just nothing you could do. I'm glad you brought that up because I did think watching Khalil Mack play the last two games, but Monday night, uh, especially it did kind of bring back thoughts of Lawrence Taylor and how Lawrence Taylor from a, I guess he was a defensive end, wasn't he? Wasn't that yeah, his position? I, or well, Lawrence Taylor was the first guy to be that outside linebacker in the three, four. He kind of made that position, but he was, he could take over a game from that spot. And it, and Khalil Mack looks like he has that ability to yeah. be. He, does. he plays ferocious, and that's what the difference is. If you watch, and I, I didn't obviously, I didn't watch a lot of Lawrence Taylor. I've seen like the, I've watched the you know the NFL Network when they'll show the highlights and stuff. But it's Khalil Mack has a combination of you've seen like the Dwight Freeney's who are the speed rushers, and you've seen the power rushers, and Mack is a huge guy but also really fast. Like you'll see him just bull rush a guy and just put a deep uh, offensive tackle on his back. But then you'll see him speed rush on the outside when they try to chip and he'll just go around him and outrun Russell Wilson, who's a fast quarterback. He has all the combination. And I just watching that game, a guy to watch out for in the future. If you watch some more bears games, I didn't, I've noticed him a little bit before, but last night, Hakeem Hicks, he's a big old defensive tackle kind of plays a little into they move around. He's a beast that takes up two two different guys. And then you got Mac on the outside. And then they drafted Roquan Smith out of Georgia, who's a good player. 
Trevathan's a linebacker they've had forever. I know LJ loves Danny Trevathan. He was good on the Broncos when they won their Super Bowl. And then they, they've just, the Bears haven't been a good team for a few years. So a lot of those guys are high draft picks on the defensive end. And then I loved Mac after the game. They were talking to him and Michelle Tafoy interviewed him and talked about how they didn't finish last game against the Packers and what was the mindset going in. He's like, well, honestly, we didn't finish this game right either. We still got a lot of stuff to improve. And he just was talking like a real leader. And he wasn't like, oh, yeah, we we this we figured out who we are. He was like, no, we still didn't quite finish off like we should. We There's a lot of ways to get better. And that was right after the game. I just think that, that there's a lot of talent because that team's been bad for a few years. And then now you got a real leader on the defense. And then on the offensive side, I, we talked a little bit about it last year about Nagy and or last week about Nagy and how he's got some creativity. And then they did some interesting pickups where they got Allen Robinson, who just a few years ago led the NFL in touchdowns at the Jaguars. And then Taylor Gabriel's a little speedy guy that was at Atlanta a few years ago. And then Tarek Cohen and, and Jordan Howard. There's just, and Trey Burton, they signed. There's a lot of good skill players. And I, I think Trubisky's going to hold him back. I don't, I don't, he doesn't look like he was worth that second overall pick to me. It's yeah, early, yeah. but yeah, it's early, but I will say this, you know, Kevin, to be honest with you, when I was watching the highlight, I just kept fast forwarding it to see the punter. (laughs) So our boy Michael Dixon, he brought out a drop kick kickoff. I've I've never seen. I know Doug Flutie was the drop kick guy, but I've never seen a drop kick kickoff. Okay, so what is the purpose of that? I don't understand. What's the purpose? They get to kick from closer up. You do. Yeah, I think he kicked it from like the 45 or 50. But the, but the yeah. guy caught it at about the three-yard line. So, you, yeah. I mean, your objective there is to get it in the end zone, right, and get a touchback. That's no, your objective. I think his objective was to hang time it so much that they got him inside the 20, which they did. So they're uh, starting they closer which and they, they can did. hang time yeah. it, and all yeah. of a sudden their coverage team is like down there on him as soon as yeah. he grabs it. Hey, do you, you know have what? to drop kick it? You you can't punt it there. Do you have to drop kick it? You have to drop kick or kick it from a tee. To be honest, was that after a safety or was it? After? No, that was after. No, no, that was no. after the one touchdown. No, it was after to be honest with you, I don't know the I don't know the question there. I I, I mean I I don't know the rule there. I I will say this: the last time I saw a drop kick was 1981 in C.W. Lewis Stadium. <laughs> uh, Oh that my God! Work, that didn't work out too well for us then, and I—that's—that's that's just that's very interesting. I can't wait to see him drop kick it from like the thirty-yard line and kick a field goal. We'll see if they let him do that. <laughs> I will—I felt bad for Russell Wilson in some of that game. We were talking about the defense; he was just getting clobbered all game. Well, I think part of it's he holds the ball too long, but man, he was getting it, killed. Well, but that's all Seattle has—is they got Russell Wilson and two kickers. That's it. They've got. <laughs> I mean that's their team. It's terrible when when you're when you're talking about when when you're Russell Wilson and you hear like people talk about your team when they say yeah Russell Wilson's really good and they have a good punter when the second player is your punter that someone names that's scary that means and there's not the a lot of talent only other you. thing I read about was was Janikowski did kick like a 54 yard field goal or something I yeah. think by the so. way Janikowski looks like he would be a stud in like some slow pitch softball I mean he's got the beer gut going I bet he would be a, a badass out I, there. And the thing about Janikowski, he has looked that way for 20 years. Sebastian, you know, you go back and check out, I I believe he went to Florida State. You can go back and look and watch Sebastian Janikowski, and he's looked the same for just forever. Uh, It's just a big barrel of a guy. Did you see the little graphic they put up that the only other player that's uh, still playing in the league that was drafted in the the year 2000? Do y'all know who it was? Tom Uh, Brady. Tom Brady. Really? That's the only two <laughs> players <laughs> Sebastian Janikowski and and the goat and that's it from the two thousand draft. Oh, well, you know, Kevin, you asked one. You said something about Seattle. Uh, let me say this real quick. 
you know, I don't know why there'd be any expectations other than Seattle to be where they are. Um, you came into the into the year. You, you've got a sure you got went and got a rookie running back and and Rashad Penny, but you had Chris Carson said he was your bell cow. You go out and get Brandon Marshall, who's more than proven that he's pretty much washed up. I think you know, you can take Brandon Marshall and Jordy Nelson, put them in a paper bag. I don't think they could punch their way out of it. Yeah, and so <laughs> I I'm not sure what they were thinking other than let's just call this one a year or keep Russell Wilson healthy and let's see if we can do something in 2019. I don't see Seattle yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. If if know. I'm Seattle, you know, I'm I might be buying Russell Wilson a ticket to like Hawaii and just saying take the year off. Just go <laughs> no enjoy the year. Don't yeah. get it's, hurt. We're going to suck and we'll get a good pick and hopefully go get you maybe at least one competent yeah. lineman and, and a receiver, especially with Doug Baldwin hurt. Like, there's no yeah. reason to even trot yeah. Russell Wilson out there anymore. Yeah. I, right. Would not surprise me to see Earl Thomas traded here in the next three weeks. If they, if they go, I think they're just, they're just trying to get someone to pay the, yeah. pay a little more if they're for one and three um, in four weeks. Then I think, I think you see Earl Thomas get a second round pick for him to somebody, probably not the Cowboys, but somebody who's going to be in contention. My last takeaway from, from Monday night was, and it has nothing to do with the the product on the field. I think Joe Testor is awesome. I think he does a really good job. I think Booger McFarland's really good. I don't know why they put him on that little chair on the sidelines and do that weird thing. Just put him in the booth. Now, and I love Witten. I've been a Witten guy my whole life. He's been a long cowboy. I don't think he's, it's early, but I, don't, I think he sucks. He was, he's well, been terrible. I, he's not noticeable at all. And if he, if you do notice, he'll him, go it's not like five plays reason. without talking. And yeah, when he does talk, it's because he can't pronounce Trevathan's name right or because he predicts the wrong play like he's he's just not good and I feel bad for saying that because I've always liked Jason Witten and he's a good player and a good leader but I just think and he's getting put on the bright lights of Monday Night Football where a lot of people are watching him he's just not very good I think yeah. Yeah. I don't they know they got the wrong retired cowboy on there they yeah. <laughs> need that other guy for what? who's he got CBS has got him right Romo yeah, CBS, yeah. CBS won, won out of the retired cow, which is a good thing if you're go go play for the Cowboys because you can retire whether you're good or not you'll get a job as an announcer I mean Jer- Jerry will find a way for you to get a job but uh, hey, they got that going for him yep so <laughs> they're going to be mediocre on the field and mediocre in the booth so there you go. going on to we, we brought it up a second ago but the big news of the NFL is the Patriots went out and just did what I don't know what if the the rest of the league just kind of got caught with with their hand in their pants or what but how did the Patriots end up getting Josh Gordon for a maybe a fifth round pick and if he doesn't play a certain amount of games it might end up being only a seventh round pick am I am I missing something Surely I mean, someone I, else would have. I thought what more. I saw is if he doesn't play very many games, that the Cleveland's got to give New England a seventh round pick. Is what I thought I read. So they're they're out of fifth round pick. Period. Okay, they'll just they'll get a seventh round. They'll get back a seventh if, rounder if he's suspended or doesn't play or something like that. Still, but how I, often yeah, does how, a fifth round pick end up getting cut? Well, Tony, do you ha- did you see anything on that? I, I don't know how the, the no, Patriots I haven't. Got I haven't had a chance to see the specifics of it, but I will say this. You know, Kevin, uh, you mentioned how that could happen. You know, there's, I don't know that there's been a player in the last 10 years, maybe longer, that's had so much risk reward attached to him as Josh Gordon. He comes out and has an all pro year in, I guess, I think it was 2014, and then gets suspended not once, but twice for a full year. Uh, there's just so much there that can happen. And so high risk, high reward. And as we talked last week, that is New England's M.O. 
They will take whatever. At, and I, Lifford had a great quote, you know, give me your poor, give me your wretched, give me your whatever. I, I think he was speaking to the Cowboys, but I'm actually thinking that was the uh, the Patriots. They will take guys <laughs> off. Look at Corey Dillon. He was washed up leaving Cincinnati, yeah. and they made him an all-pro. I Everybody knows the Randy Moss story. Uh, Amadola. I mean, the, the guy is uh, through at the Rams, and he comes over and plays four or five more years, and he's still got a job. So, Gosh, Wes Welker. Remember, yeah, Wes, Wes Welker, Welker was yeah, kind of so, – so right. New England does that. They get players and put them in a system. You know, I think we were comparing to Green Bay, who has to grow those guys out. But I, this could be a phenomenal pick for the the Patriots. This has been talked about. I own, we own uh, Josh Gordon in another dynasty league that I'm in. We have been waiting for this trade for three years. It's it's just like yeah, will this it has happen? been the, happen? This is the the, the Josh is. Gordon dynasty owners here are like is. God. He finally has I, yeah, a quarterback. I, and honestly. <laughs> And, and honestly, uh, to tell you, I, I'd like to go trade him for a, a first or second rounder because, you, gosh, you just don't know what's going to happen. But there's a lot of buzz about it right now. He could be he could have a stat line like this, three catches, 60 yards and two touchdowns. You know, I, I well, you, you know, he could be very effective as a red zone as a red zone weapon. And you see right now, New England kind of needs that. Oh, it yeah. has been. It's been five years since this happened. But in 2013, Josh Gordon did go 87 catches, 1600 yards, and nine touchdowns, and led the NFL in receiving. And that I think was in with nine games, wasn't it? That it was like in 10 or 11 games, and that yeah. was with these quarterbacks: Jason Campbell, Brandon Whedon, and Brian <laughs> Hoyer. He had a noticeable upgrade now with Mr. Brady. And yeah, so it's just it's crazy. We were just talking about it, Dad. The the Jaguars might or and and uh. Uh, Jalen Ramsey might have out Belichick Belichick by doing that whole the Gronkowski and and trying to talk him into all this we'll guard him we'll, blah 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 and then they end up double covering him and it looked like the problem the Patriots noticed after Sunday was we don't have Jalen Ramsey was right they don't have anyone else that can beat them one on one it's just Gronk and if you put two on Gronk no one else can beat us and so the Patriots went well crap we need a guy that you can't put one on one on the outside whoop Let's just throw a fifth round pick and now we got one. You you watched in week one when the Steelers played the Browns. Josh Gordon hasn't played in like we mentioned in two years and hadn't even been in training camp, but the Steelers still had two guys, one over the top and one on them the entire game. They were still too afraid to do it. So now if you're you're either gonna one on one Gronk or you're gonna one on one Josh Gordon on the Patriots, or you're gonna double both, and that means we're gonna have Julian Edelman back in just a couple games. Yeah. And that means games. Chris Hogan yeah. and Edelman both have one-on-one, and Brady has been known to tear people up over the middle in one-on-one coverage. I, for a fifth-round pick, why wouldn't you try that out for the Patriots? I mean, they've already said that this injury that supposedly he suffered at a magazine shoot that may or may not have been the reason why the Browns were trading him, they already said that he's he's ready to go and he'll be active for the next week. That injury's not holding him back. I just... You might There's as well. Something that, that's here a $1 scratch-off yeah. ticket the Patriots are buying yeah. that might yeah. be worth a million or or you just yeah, you just they, cut your losses and whatever, you know, we're back away. where we started. Yeah. Finish yeah, that were, piece of shit and step away. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of rumors going around that he had that he had taken a drug test and he was going to fail it. Uh, but but I that can't be right, right? Surely, yeah, surely the Patriots did the, their due diligence and, yeah, and checked so. to make sure. But, uh, now, but maybe um, he was drinking, is what I heard, which is not against any rules, but, yeah, but would be detrimental probably for him. So, boy, yeah. if it's if you're Josh Gordon, if this doesn't make you like, so we we've mentioned this before, like if you can't straighten up now, if you can't straighten up now, well, his payday. We've <laughs> talked about how he might have missed out on all the, all, all this money. This is his chance to go ball out. And the Patriots will do this for one year. You know the Patriots won't give him some a wide receiver, some big guaranteed contract. 
So especially someone like Josh Gordon with the, the pass that he has. So they'll just let him have an amazing year, win one more Super Bowl, and then Josh Gordon can go probably go back to the Browns and get paid some monster deal or something. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee this is your it. chance, he's not going Josh back Gordon. To the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> his days in Cleveland are done. I yeah, would uh, I, I'd put money on my bookie for that. Uh, yeah. His days in Cleveland are done. Yeah, I, I suspect best case scenario. He does well with New England this year. They they sign him to a three year contract, get through Brady's last dice three years, and he signs for a couple of years somewhere else, take his ten million dollars and go home. If that nothing else, it, if nothing else, it will be interesting to see if the Patriots yeah. can can yeah. make this work. But I know LJ brought this up in uh, the chat we had before we hopped on today, and I know Dad, we, me, and you talked about it, and you seem to be in favor of the penalty. But once again, that this new roughing the passer penalty, where you 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 can't breathe on them a little too much, and you can't you can tackle them, but you can't tackle them hard. You have to kind of lay them down softly. You saw the the Vikings and Packers tied, and the the game tying touchdown the Vikings end up getting was helped because they threw an interception, but on the play, Clay Matthews got called for a roughing the passer where he, I guess, drove Cousins into the ground. I thought, to me, it looked like a good clean hit. And what, Dad, are you still kind it, of uh, it, in agreement? Well, it definitely would have been a good clean hit last year, probably, or for sure two years ago. But my understanding is now that the league is going to use that as a visual aid to say this is specifically what you cannot do. The and NFL stood I mean, by it again this morning. They said that is what we're calling right there. It, now, it, 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 you know, I hated it for Clay Matthews, who I like, and, and it was a game changer. Definitely a game changer uh, for Green Bay that that happened. Well, and for Minnesota too, obviously. But I mean, he did he did hit him and drive him into the ground a little. I didn't look. It didn't look. Uh, 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 what's the word? Egregious uh, to me. But it it if if I understand what they're trying to accomplish, that which is was protect the against, quarterback. Which is protect the quarterback, and that's what we all do want. I do want to see. Well, not Kirk Cousins, but actually he is my fantasy quarterback. So, yeah, I do want to see him play uh, and play well. He did throw up 53 points this week for me, so take that. But, um, you know, you don't want you Aaron like Rodgers hurt. You like <laughs> apples? You like apples. Um, but, but, no, I don't want to see uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, any of those guys get slammed. Drew Brees, who I, I want to have a drink with, I don't want to see them get slammed on the turf. So I, I hear you. I, I think we've got to change uh, the game a little bit. And so I'm, oh, I'm begrudgingly okay with the call. Tony, what, what's your thoughts? Well, two things. One, I, I that call – I think was helped by what Clay Matthews did the week before. I don't know if you saw the Green Bay game last week, but he had a really, really bad personal foul. I can't remember if he he hit a guy out of bounds or he hit a quarterback. Now he hit a quarterback that was rolling out, and it, it was a definite personal foul way after the ball was thrown, and he 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 cold cocked the guy. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that kind of precluded him. And I think when they saw him do have that play and take. Kirk Cousins to the ground. Clay Matthews, you can't do that personal foul. But the NFL came back and said, yeah, that's what we want to do. I, you know, I, I think Lifford said it said it well. The way the NFL is going in an in a entertainment industry, you want those big-time players out there playing. And gone are the days where you tape up a 240 or 250-pound behemoth and say, go kill the quarterback, and they go kill the quarterback. Those days are gone. And we're here. This is this is what we've got. It's Some people call it seven on seven. I don't think it's quite that bad yet, although 
we can talk about these wide receivers in a minute, but uh, I think these rules protect that quarterback so we can have those kind of 29-29, 47-40, uh, these big scoring games that that the NFL looks like they're they're wanting to to move to. And it does seem well, it seems like scoring is up this year, but do, I, do we miss the day, or at least I missed the. There used to be, you know, back in the day, it was the way to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots was to rough him up. You got to hit him. You got it's going to be as he's releasing. It's, it might not all be sacks, but you got to keep getting hits on him. And now it's scary. Like you got to. And we're not, so not only are we saying, and I know we've we've beat this. I've, not only me, but everyone's beaten this to death. But you're asking these defensive players to rush as hard as you can and get there as fast as possible, and then hit them, but take off. Like if you can, you need to now. Don't lean on them. Don't fall off and do all this. But they're not. It's not like they're tackling a tackling dummy. They're also tackling a guy rolling out sprinting to the right, like Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. They're not. Don't they won't get anyone confused for Josh Gordon, but they're not just unathletic. They can run, and so you're tackling a guy who's running to the right, and you're sprinting after him. It's I just think you're asking so much of these defensive players, and you're protecting these quarterbacks. Which at the end of the day, I I get what you're saying. If Aaron Rodgers isn't in the game, I'm not making it. It's not like appointment television for me to make sure I'm watching the Packers game. Which right now I'm sitting down. I want to watch Aaron Rodgers play. Yeah. So I get it. I just. I feel bad. I, I just don't know what you what you do as a defensive player. It seems like it's a well. A, I think I think if you're going in as a defensive player and you you feel that the ball has been released, you've got to not wrap up and you've got to turn sideways or you you know. I, and I know that's hard, but I think that's what you have to do. And I, I'll say this, and I'm not the biggest fan of of Mr. Cam Newton, but it was good to see that flag called on yes. and that guy thrown out. That was Cam Newton. He was, clearly said that was that dirty. Was Cam Newton was giving himself up and the guy drilled him in the head and that was exactly wrong now that guy needs to be thrown out of the game and fined yeah but that's not what clay matthews did and it's it's, it is tough but i you have to give a little to get a little yeah it is interesting to see that 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 ended up costing the packers when the rule was was dedicated to to aaron Rodgers the year before when he got hurt i'm gonna beg to differ that that cost him you know where that game was that game was tied by right is that daggum block punt Come on, man. You can't have a yeah. block punt in a game like Come that. Come on, man. You've got to be able to well, get punt the ball, man. Punt the ball. You can't have and a that's block another punt thing. Like in a game like I, that. I hate them. I hate players. I know that that play did 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 hurt a lot, but I'm with you, Tony. That and I heard finally someone say it later. But that one play isn't what you you lost. You tied twenty nine to twenty nine. You missed field goal. You blocked a block punt. There's other plays. No one play cost you the game in an NFL football game. I mean, there's more to it, and that I get that that hurt, but that also didn't give them a touchdown. I, real quick, the most egregious penalty in all of football is the stupid uh, spot of the foul play in a pass interference. Why do we still do that? That is how, that is how Joe Flacco is, is still in in a, in a job. Is when he just throws it up in in hopes that he gets 50 yards on a pass interference play. Why do why do we do this? What are you saying? It should be a 15-yard penalty yeah, at most. Yeah, it should be a 15-yard. Yeah. You see like a guy like sometimes there are like bad pass interferences, but Sometimes it's like a, a minor one where maybe it could have been a no call, maybe it's a call, but since it happened in the end zone, now they're going to get 50 yards in the ball on the one-yard line for it. It's just dumb to me. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Kevin. The, you know, the, the thing that you've got to think about is the type of play that's being run in. You know, if you get a five-yard, if you get a five-and-out and you break on the guy and you get pass interference and all of a sudden you get 15 yards when it should have been a five-yard spot of the foul, automatic first down, now I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. But if now I've got 40 yards downfield, I chunk it up, and the guy just mauls him, 
then obviously it's pass interference. And now I get I get the ball at the spot of the foul. The quarterback is probably well in in Joe Flacco's case, he's just punting the <laughs> ball. He's just throwing it, and so he hopes. He, okay, I either get an interception or pass interference, and hey, I'm good either way. So yeah, it's a ba- yeah. So I yeah. I, I don't know it, but it it would allow. And scoring is way up. I don't. I don't think there's any way to around it. Everybody wants to see the wide receiver catch the ball. This is one of the ways that pass interference. If you're if if those defensive backs have got a question about it, they're not going to hit the guy. So, oh, I don't want to get pass interference. I'm going to try to go get a uh, get an interception, and that's what causes a lot of these jump ball back. Uh, uh, back shoulder catches that allows these guys to get 30, 40, 50 yard in, uh, reception. That that's the only uh, good argument I've heard, and I can't I concede to it a little. If you all if you make it a fifteen yard penalty, then you're going to see guys who if you make it always a fifteen yard penalty, you're going to see corners who have clearly been beat who just tackled the guy because <laughs> why not give up fifteen instead of sixty? But it just yeah. There's so many, a bunch and of it Jack was a bad rule out there the delivering the forearm yeah. to the face. That'll be that'll. That's not what we want to see. It's what I'd like to see, but I don't think anybody else wants to see it. Well, and so that gets us to a point with speaking of receivers, and it sounds like a topic you kind of want to bring up a little bit. But the is the Steelers locker room just impl- over the last week? The Steelers they what they, the they, they lose they lose on? to the Chiefs not in the last week in the last like four days they lose to the Chiefs. Le'Veon Bell seen partying on a. Uh, jet ski by tmz and then <laughs> on monday antonio brown not only does he miss film and miss practice on monday but he also somebody tweets to him that uh, the only reason antonio brown got his money is due to ben roethlisberger and and antonio brown i understand he can read it and go like oh shaking my head that's that's ridiculous but he quotes it and puts trade me then like what is going on is it just blowing up? I don't know. I Panic did. or patience? What are y'all doing here? It looks like it could be. Yeah. It, it, I'm a little panicked about it. I'm a little panicked about it because I don't think Roethlisberger is the kind of leader to keep them together. I don't think A.B. I love Antonio Brown, Kevin. You know I've been on him since I first saw him in the league, but he's not the leader that's going to pull that locker room together. I, I don't know who is. I don't know who is, and I'm a little concerned about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and we'll probably talk about this when we get to the bye 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 section. And I and I I hope LJ has arranged for those uh, royalties to get to the Backstreet Boys. But um, <laughs> uh, the uh, I, I'm I'm not as concerned, and I'll talk about it later. But uh, you know, Antonio Brown. Look, we're talking about a guy who arrived at training camp in a helicopter. In a helicopter. <laughs> so you know, obviously he has. He he has a I guess we call it a a, a, a propensity, propensity for, for the flamboyant exaggeration, and <laughs> yeah, so it's... I'm I'm not as concerned about it. I suspect that he's in tomorrow uh, for uh, for practice, and you know I, Mike Tomlin has always been this way. He's been a kind of a guy that's kind of uh, taken off when it comes to holding his guys accountable in the locker room. He just wants to see him perform. But I will say this for Pittsburgh, it's always been the defensive guys that have have rallied them together. And I'm not sure they've got a defensive leader uh, that can bring them together and say, Hey, look, let's, let's get this together. Cause you're right. Roethlisberger is not that kind of guy. However, I'm not that concerned about the Steelers. I, I still think that Le'Veon Bell is in by the end of the month uh, that, that the Steelers, and I'll say this, the Steelers would have won that game uh, this weekend if Le'Veon Bell's playing because they would have been able to control the, control the football with Le'Veon Bell. And I think we're seeing Connor's uh, weaknesses in that, in that aspect coming through this week uh, in that Kansas City game. So I, I, I think Le'Veon Bell's in camp by the end of the month. Um, and, uh, 
and 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 they go from there. Yeah, I think James Connors isn't a isn't a bad running back, but it is clear James Connor is not He's Le'Veon not Bell. Bell. He's not even Le'Veon Bell's just a special player. There's there's just no no two ways about it. But what were you going to say, well, Dad? But, well, Le'Veon Bell has such a unique running style, right? He's he's so patient. Yeah. Uh, and and follow those blocks. And did you see Zeke did that about two or three times in the in the Cowboys Giants game, where he just stood back there super patiently uh, behind the line, read the read the blocks, and then you know put the burners on. And I guess my question is one: I like to see Zeke trying to do that. Why are more running backs not trying to emulate Le'Veon Bell? Because that is that is one of the more unique running styles we've seen in a while. Yes. Well, I'll say I think which. I don't have much experience being a running back. And by much, I mean no experience being a running back for whatever reason. Well, the, the just, co- the I've coach watched never it. I've watched it. But yeah, so I think it's it's easier said than done. One, because they're kind of, that running style is almost letting the defense create the holes for you. They're letting like, when the defense finds a hole, they run to it and then he chooses the other one. And it's just, it's so patient and you're really trusting your vision. I think one, it just takes an amazing vision. Just like you watch basketball, like why don't more guys have the same vision LeBron has? It's because not everyone does. Le'Veon Bell has a special vision and he trusts himself to find that hole. And then now his linemen know how to block it right. And they know that if a defender starts to over pursue a certain hole, just let him do that. Le'Veon Bell will read that and find the right way. And so it's a trust between the lineman and the running back to know we'll all make the right play. And I, well, yeah. not everyone I, can do it. Yeah, and I agree with that somewhat. However, I think it depends upon the, the blocking scheme that's going on in that offense. You've got zone blocking schemes, which allows an offensive lineman to engage that defensive player that allows that running back, like a Le'Veon Bell, to make a decision on which hole he's going to cut to. So those are the kind of guys, and Elliott's that kind of guy, that where you get, you can choose to go. Now, everybody talks about the Denver cutback offense. So that when you have a cutback type uh, a type offensive line, they're going to make a block and they're going to drive a guy a certain way and they're going to take him there and you're going to try to go and cut back into the lanes that they create. I think it depends upon the type of offensive line that you've got and that's the way Le'Veon Bell does it. Elliott does it a little bit because they have offensive linemen that can dominate at that point of attack and hold their guy do a zone blocking scheme and they can read off of that. Not a lot of running backs can do that. And it's it's actually very rare. There you could count them on on one hand right now the number of running backs in the NFL that can do that. So it, I think it's more dependent upon the type of running scheme that's been developed by that offensive coordinator. Well, I guarantee you, you have to have that uncanny vision and you have to have acceleration because when you see that, yeah, when you, you got to be able to hit itself, it. Yeah, you, you got to hit it and go. And and Bell has that. I mean, and, and I, you know, I can't decide how much I like Zeke or not, but he is a talented running back and he he has that ability to 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 be at high speed quickly. Yeah. So so yeah. Speaking of Zeke, real quick, can we? I I think his friends need to be held accountable because someone needs to tell him that that look that he's got with his hair right now and then wearing <laughs> his sports bra and the in the post game that he looks like an idiot in the in the post game interview with that little cut off shirt right below his nipples and everything. I it's do. Just a weird Come look. on, man. You're talking to the guy who's about to get suspended for six games and he's out there with a cut off shimmy shirt out there dancing with bikini <laughs> models. Come on, man. He's got no sense for that. He's out there. Zeke he, well, be that's Zeke. what I'm saying. He needs he needs a, a real friend who can go, hey, look, I know like hey. you're you're a star and, and you're the guy. You look like a jackass. You need to wear a shirt. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, show your, that guy, that guy's with Joe Tessitore <laughs> on Monday nights is the problem. Well, like, he, I know he wants uh, to show hey, off his cool abs and all that. Have you an Instagram picture, a shirtless Instagram picture? You, for, he looks Look, dumb out there wearing those little, me, those little crop I, tops. I will say this right now, and I'll go on record. I'm going to tell you, the coolest guy I've seen at a microphone since I've been watching post-game interviews is Ryan Fitzpatrick. You guys talked a little My about this man. earlier. But y'all said it was Conor McGregor, and I get that. But, dude, that guy, Captain Jack, came out of the came out of the said, hey, man, hey, I've got these <laughs> Buccaneers. I'm going. I actually thought they were going to start playing a little chicka chicka bounce wow behind him because <laughs> he's got all these chains around. He's got that hairy chest showing. I was kind of getting a little bit aroused, to be honest with you. This guy, man, that was just <laughs> phenomenal. That was awesome. Who would have thought the guy from Harvard could not only take over the NFL, seen. but be the best-looking guy? I mean, he's a stud. Dude. Hey, and did you did you hear what he said, too? So he's pretty funny because yeah. he said, oh, this is DJ stuff. It's Deshaun's. It was Deshaun's clothes. And they said, well, said, is any of that yours? He goes, well, the chest hair. <laughs> he said that. The chest hair. Was was first lines. Well, we just we just got to stay humble and keep taking this one game at a time. I, oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Did you see so, so he did, when he said he said it was Deshaun Jackson's close, and then you see the camera. There's one camera in the back that pans over, and because he says like, "All right, we need to wrap this up. This is my last question." Because Deshaun needs his clothes, and they pan over. Deshaun Jackson back. is wearing no shirt. Like it's literally his shirt and jacket <laughs> that's up there on the stage. He's waiting for Fitzpatrick to get off so Amen. he can put his clothes on. It was a let fantastic. Me, let me tell you something. That is a team that is two and zero when they're supposed to be zero and two, and they are loving it. They are loving it. So yeah, they're having a good time. Did you see the, uh, the real interesting uh, quick story? Did you see that Fitz Magic has been uh, they they filed for a, a patent on the on the term Fitz Magic, but. Oh, on the biggest geez. term of events, it was not by Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was by Al- former Alabama corner Minka Fitzpatrick for the <laughs> Miami Dolphins, who is a stud. But he filed for the patent right off. The, I, supposedly, he's been he's had this nickname Fitzmagic since he was in high school. But after uh, hearing all these people call Fitzpatrick Fitzmagic, he realized, oh, I, I might jump on this now. So the biggest interception of the season so far is this guy stealing <laughs> Fitzmagic from underneath his feet? It was great. Oh. Did y'all hear? I think I heard Kirk Cousins is trying to patent you like that. Is that right? Oh, Have y'all no, heard I that? Haven't. It almost, yeah, I did. So it almost made He's me. He's trying to copyright. I yeah. made my he Super Bowl pick that. before the before the year. My Super Bowl pick was the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. And then I heard that and I almost wanted to change my pick because that was the. <laughs> That was the. I mean, what is he also why? wearing as Air Monarch? Because you don't bite that. Yeah, <laughs> that was just that was the whitest thing I've ever heard. The nerdiest, whitest thing I've ever heard from someone is that Kirk Cousins is going to yes, copyright you bite that. It was terrible. That's pretty nerdy. <laughs> Welcome to Kirk Cousins. All right, so, Hi, I'm Kirk Cousins. You like that? Hey, hey! Keep putting up fifty three. Put up both. Hey, you know what? Kirk Cousins. Hey, Kirk Cousins is laughing on his way to the bank with that ninety one million dollars oh, guaranteed. So, I guess yeah, he's right. There he is. I'll I wanted. Have a drink with we him. yeah. We we mentioned that. Uh, we we mentioned the Steelers and and all that. And I kind of want to go ahead and kick off with the Steelers are now. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. They are exactly who I thought they are. Mike uh, Tony alluded to it. Mike Tomlin has never had a hold of that locker room. You got you got Antonio Brown doing the Facebook Live videos. They've had these little spews before between with Brown or Le'Veon Bell and and his 
quarterback and now the offensive line in Le'Veon Bell. And then Antonio Brown at one time said that he was like, he basically threatened a reporter to square up with them one day if they ever meet in public. They just, it's like Tony said, he does, they never have worried about the locker room and the leadership. He just wants you to kind of produce on the field. And it seems like it always ends up being, because they are talented, they're going to win games, but late in the year, they're going to lose like that's it because they're not mentathletes. They're going to blow something, do something silly at the end of the year, and they're going to blow up because they just, I don't, Mike Tomlin, I really have always kind of liked him, but he really hasn't. I have too, but. He's never had yeah. a hold on the locker room. It doesn't seem like he's the authority and, and kind of nobody's held accountable. And I just think I'm not writing him off as a playoff team. I'm sure they'll figure it out. There's just too much talent for him. Le'Veon Bell, as Tony said, will be on the on the team at some point. Antonio Brown is still probably the best receiver in football. The defense will start to figure it out, I think. They'll go 10-6, and six, make the playoffs, and then they'll do something stupid or they'll blow up because they just – they're who we thought they were. The Steelers just – I I don't know. I just – I'm kind of out on them. I, they annoy me. They they do this all the time. That That's my who we thought they were for the week. So who who do y'all have as a who, who we thought they were? Tony, I'll go to you first. Well, <clears throat> I didn't do so well last week with my – my pick. I think I took the Redskins, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, for who you that, thought I, they were, you took Oakland. Okay, yeah. Now, took oh, well, I'll stick. Can I stick with that? Because here, well, no, you have to have a new team. Because that Well, let me say this. Oakland, there they go again. Get out to the big lead. La di da di da. We got this one. And guess what? You're beat. <laughs> you beat. And so, the, those well, guys. Well, John Gruden, they asked John Gruden just, about Khalil Mack because. For whatever reason, John Gruden, I don't know if he's like just like doesn't realize he's putting his foot in his mouth every time, but after every game, he keeps going, Oh, we just got to, if we can only find a way to rush the passer better, we got to find a way to get to the quarterback. <laughs> well, you just <laughs> traded the best pass rusher in football and you never even talked to him. So maybe that you know would have helped. You know how you can get rush the passer? 141 mil over eight years. That's how you <laughs> rush the passer. I, I know the exact price right tag. I, I got the exact price tag yeah. for it. <laughs> and That's the Bears exactly paid it. exactly how you rush the passer. And then I know me and LJ have talked this before and, uh, just great John Gruden quotes. Apparently, they asked after the game, uh, or on Monday, they asked about Khalil Mack, and does it kind of hurt seeing him just succeed and being so great and knowing that you traded him? He was like, well, you know, I don't regret it. You always know hindsight being 50-50. I don't know if, if he got the, the term wrong or if that's a new saying, but I've never heard hindsight being 50-50. I thought it was 20-20. <laughs> but, but I know LJ, LJ, if he was on, I know he'd want to bring it up because Gruden's well, just always making the weirdest quotes in the world. I I don't know. I'm with Tony. They are the Raiders are who we thought they were. Yeah, but he can't take them. No, okay, again. so no, he can't yeah, take you're them right. Again. I can't. So I'm gonna say the uh, the Seahawks. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think if somebody was thinking the Seahawks were going somewhere, they were wrong. We are who they thought they were. They're Russell Wilson and a punter, and you know, <laughs> and a punter. That's that's not going to get you very far here in the NFL, you know. So I, I'll, no. I'll go with the Seahawks. There, we are who we thought who they thought they were. What do you got, Dad? Well, okay, but who we thought they are does not necessarily mean a bad connotation. No, right? no, it can like, be sure. who we thought they are. You can okay you can take the so, Rams tonight if you want to, Lynn. And, and, and no, I, I took the Rams last week, and and I didn't take them in this division. <laughs> but I am going to take who the hell I want to take, and I'm not going to let y'all talk me out of it. I can tell you that for damn. My sure. God, that's what I like to hear. And, and who I'm taking this week and who we thought they are, I'm going to go ahead and take Minnesota because Minnesota is a good, solid team. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be there at the end. They did just have a tie, which they, you know, got a little break, uh, perhaps on the block punt, perhaps on the uh, the Clay Matthews deal. But Mi- Minnesota is who I thought they were. They're going to be competitive yeah. and they're going to be there at yeah. the end. That's my I, You know, I'm going to agree with Lifford tonight. I think that's a great pick. So I believe they picked up a Mr. Dan Bailey this week. And so – um, they did, yeah. So 
absolutely. If you lose by a block punt at Lambeau Field, so be it. Just get out of town. The nobody's the nobody's the Miami Dolphins. You're not going seventeen and zero. Get home. You didn't lose. You got a tie. You know, I, I, I you'll, the, you'll be the, just the fine, Vikings. Yeah. I think are the real deal. They're the real deal. It and I'll LJ put a note. Gave me a note, and since he couldn't be on, he gave me his thoughts. And he, it sounds like we're all in agreement this this week. He had the Minnesota Vikings as a team that he he thought they were, and he his reasoning was they're too. He's he couldn't put them on on the bye 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 of the week because they'd be too expensive. It's not like they're you can't buy low on the Vikings anymore, but they are exactly who he thought they could be coming to the year, and he likes them to host a, a couple playoff games. Make a he's they're just. They're so talented, a lot of depth. Their only question is maybe some offensive line issues, but Kirk Cousins looks like he's going to be him and Diggs and Thielen. They look great. Cook's going to keep getting better, I think, at running back. They're a good team. And it's interesting, those quarterbacks, you know, the big shakeup this offseason, I think everyone kind of won on the whole quarterback thing. I think the Redskins got better with Alex Smith. The Vikings got better with Kirk Cousins. The Broncos are better with Case Keenum. Everyone kind of seems like they won off this whole little quarterback quarterback carousel that we did in the offseason. Derek Carr was 29 for 32 for 288. I mean, Derek Carr made a vast improvement over week one. Well, yeah, uh, once he wasn't playing that hard Rams defense. Loser. I'm just saying, Derek Carr (laughs) showed up and played a lot better football. I think John Gruden kind of called him out, said there were some mistakes by the quarterback, which there were, and Derek Carr showed up and played well. Yeah. I'm just, while we're talking quarterbacks. Yeah. Kevin, just one thing on the Vikings, I will say this. I am concerned about Dalvin Cook. Uh, He did get an injury there in overtime. Uh, There's some concern this week I haven't seen. I don't know that he practiced today. Um, It looked like either it was a cramp or a hamstring pull. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. I'm a little concerned that Cook has got one of those – having one of those sophomore slumps coming off of that ACL, really concerned about going out there and going full speed. I, I, I you haven't seen that from him yet. I am a little concerned about yeah. Cook, but they, but to the Vikings credit, Latavius Murray is not a slouch. They have Latavius and Murray. And he's going to be no. a 3.8. He can hold down the fort for a little while. Guy. Yeah. Yep. And so mm-hmm. I, I, they still should be good there. But I, I'm a little concerned about Cook. Yeah. I think if you're the Vikings after that, because I, I think it was a hamstring and I, I've, Kind of seen and, and heard people talk about how coming off an ACL, you can overextend a little bit. And you have, because he hadn't been running as much, you've been rehabbing. And so maybe it's easier to hurt that hamstring because all of a sudden you're going 100% for the first time because there's just no, so you can't practice game speed. It's a, it's a different level. So if I'm the Vikings, I'm, I'm with you. Let, Latavius Murray's no slouch. Let him run for the next few weeks. Get Cook back to Cook. If, Cause if you get him get back, well, yeah, that, that team's scary. So we'll, We'll move on to the the uh, bye bye byes of the week and the team I'm <laughs> the team that I'm on this week is and we mentioned it earlier I, I I I'm a little nervous with Mitch Trubisky I'm 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 betting on Matt Nagy to kind of figure it out but I just love the talent the Bears have around them I really I think they could compete for a playoff spot they're not going to win that division because like we just mentioned the the Vikings are really good I really don't know how good the Packers are I think. They're going to go as far as Aaron Rodgers can take him. And I just, it scares me because you already see him after one week. He's hobbling around on one, and he did look good last week, but it just, he scares me that if he could get hurt, I think the Lions aren't very good. I think the Bears could end up winning 10 games and maybe creeping into the playoffs. Trubisky's not winning a playoff game. But if I had to choose, I'm putting some stock in the Bears. I love the talent that is all put around Mitch if they can figure that out. You, you guys feeling that one at all, or y'all kind of going against me on that? I think you're buying low, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good. Okay. I have some concerns about that. Number one, because of the division they play in. I mean, you're, you've got 
uh, Green Bay and Minnesota sitting there. Minnesota for, and Green Bay. In front of you. If you're going to be the number two wild card coming out of that division, that's going to be a tough thing to do uh, when you got the Rams out there. Uh, uh, and then you've got um, – in the, uh, I think the NFC is just a little East. weak because I think the East and is weak. Besides the Eagles, the East is weak. But the the thing the about South that, will beat up Eagles, on each other. One, of, yeah, that's true. That well, I I think the Saints, the Saints and the uh, Panthers, it's going to be tough to keep both of those guys out of the playoffs. I don't know that you keep both of those out. So I don't see how the the Bears, although they'll be much improved and a very good team, I agree with that. I don't I don't see them making the playoffs. Three teams out of that NFC Central or NFC North coming out of coming out and going to the playoffs. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I, the the Packers just scare me because I think all their eggs are in the Aaron Rodgers basket, and we've seen a few times that. Uh, yeah, which yeah, I, if I'm gonna are. if I'm gonna put my if uh, we already mentioned last week if I'm it's the best basket. Yeah, if I'm gonna put yeah. all my eggs in one basket, he's a good one to put on. He just scares me because he it's kind of like the Russell Wilson thing. He knows how much he has to make plays, and he, he'll overextend himself to make that play sometimes. And it all it takes if Aaron Rodgers does go down, heaven forbid, I want to see him all week, all year. But if he misses four games, you can chalk that up as four losses to me because that just they're Aaron Rodgers or bust. And I the Bears just I love that talent on defense. Now they'll they've got to be able to put up more points because the only reason they won Monday night is because they played the putrid Seahawks like we talked about as Tony mentioned. <laughs> and so I, they got to be able to put up more points. But I, I like the talent around Trubisky if he can figure out who who are you who are you buying this week, Dad? Uh, so it sounds like we're buying. We're trying to buy. Low. Well, you can so buy high, trying, but you if, you, if, you can return on your your LJ you, called you. Yeah, right. LJ called you. He's trying to get you. But, but but if I'm buying low, I'm buying San Francisco. I'm buying San Francisco mm. with Jimmy G. I like how Breda. I don't even know how to say the kid's name. Matt the, Matt Matt the Breda Cheetah Breda. Ball well. Is it Breda? Matt Breda ran the ball well. You know, uh, Pettis didn't have such a great game, but Garcon caught a few balls. Uh, they're going to get Goodwin back. I don't think he's hurt terribly bad. Uh, uh, they've got uh, is that where Kittles? George Kittle, yeah, Kittles tied in. in. Uh, so, so I, I'm I'm going to say I'm buying. Uh, San Did you see on on Breda's long run that like long eighty yard touchdown run? Uh, Pierre yeah. Garcon blocking seventy five yards down the field. Like he blocked his yeah. corner all the way into the end zone. It was. If you if you're coaching receivers and you want to show them how to block, just put that one on a loop. It was a it was beautiful to yep. see Garcon blocking all the way. Pierre Garcon, he hadn't got the most the most masculine name perhaps, but he is a football player. I he like is. him. He I, I just yeah. I just like Garcon. And He's I think good you saw again player, Shanahan hands. just if there's one thing Shanahan can do is he knows offense, and I think that offense will be just fine. Like you said, they don't even have a good one back yet. I, they'll be I like that a lot. I, I guess did you and LJ? I don't know if y'all sat down for lunch today or if y'all were talking this out, but he as well said that that's who he's buying. He's taking San Fran, and he would like all of it that you'll you'll give him. He said he likes the play calling. He likes the talent on both sides of the balls, even with with them losing their uh, McKinnon at running back. And he and another thing he mentioned was that division. Besides the Rams, you're getting you're getting the, the Cardinals two times a week a year, and you're getting the Seahawks mm-hmm. two times a year, which could be four wins. So yeah. he he's with you. Yeah. He's all in with you. He said he would like to buy all that stock. Tony, what who you got? Who you buying in the week? Okay, I'm gonna go against the grain, but I am gonna take LJ's advice. Which before we end tonight, I need to say something to LJ. But anyway. Um, I am going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. You're buying, buying, buying low and selling high. You know, I, you're you're buying yeah. low. That's for so sure. So here's the thing. I, 
you know, they have barely missed in two games. And I, I say barely because, as LJ so eloquently put it, the Chiefs are a great September team, uh, one of the best ever. Uh, but, you know, the Steelers are one of the best December teams ever. And so notwithstanding playoffs. So uh, uh, I really believe that the Steelers have what it takes to, to go a long way. They play in a, a pretty weak division. I'm not sure Cincinnati can continue to play at the level that they're playing. Uh, you've got Cleveland. You've got Baltimore. I, I just don't see them. They are prop. I don't see them not making the playoffs. Yeah, they're 0-1-1, but you know, you're playing a hot Kansas City team. You went on the road to Cleveland, who was coming off a hard knocks and looking for a win. That was a tough opening day uh, uh, game. So Le'Veon Bell, if he's in camp in a couple weeks, I see them going ten and six and or ten, excuse me, ten five and one, and uh, yeah. you know making the playoffs, winning a wild card game, and then there you are. And Roethlisberger can sling it with the best. And uh, Antonio Brown can catch it with the best. Juju Smith-Schuster, he showed he this lo- weekend. He looks like there, he there was no rookie sensation. Real, he, is, he is the real deal, yeah. He is the real deal. Yeah. And yeah. they've got a huge tight end in Jesse James, who's who's really showing what he was supposed to be doing the last couple of weeks. They get Le'Veon Bell back. I don't know what keeps them from uh, from really stomping on it down the down the middle. Damn, stretch. Kevin, he's getting me interested in well, Pittsburgh that now. Was, he's that was a pretty big. <laughs> that was a really good. St- that was a good sell, and it, I, it they they're one of those teams to me this week. I was looking at them for a couple of different uh, options for uh, our choices, and they just scare me because I I could see that part like Tony saying, and there's just so much freaking talent around Ben Roethlisberger that it's hard with with. With like you said, with the two receivers, and then they drafted the kid out of Oklahoma State, James Washington, who I think is really talented. And then if Le'Veon Bell comes back, you might have the best running back. And surely the defense figures it out a little bit. I mean, they are the steel, and maybe that's just the Steelers. I'm ingrained ingrained in my mind to think yeah. the Steelers are going to have a, a decent defense. But they just scare me. Like, what if it not? You're seeing not all these guys are Tom Brady and Eli Manning's falling off. It looks like maybe Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if he's lost it or not. I think it's too early to tell. Kevin, he threw for 457 yards on Because Sunday. he was down by 20 points within yeah, five but, minutes. But, they were playing comeback, I, and the Chiefs' okay. defense sucks. Well, I will say that, yeah. I will say this, though. I saw Drew Brees try to throw the ball 45 yards on Sunday, and he got intercepted. Ted Ginn Jr. was 10 yards behind the defender, and, and Brees threw it. Right in the cornerback's arms, he missed missed the guy by five yards. You don't see Roethlisberger doing that. I don't see any way that Roethlisberger is at that point where, oh shit, he's not going to be able to throw a ball. He can throw a ball, and and I, it I just I, I, when it happens, I think it happens fast, and all of a sudden you start going, like you said, yeah. all of a sudden you're like, whoa, he can't make that forty yard throw. He can't yeah, make that twenty yard out. I'm not I, saying I, I'm not ready to put my I eggs wanna, in there yet, but I'm thinking wanna, about it. I think I just just go YouTube Juju Smith Schuster and see some of those throws that he made this weekend. Man, I, the the dude is has still got the cannon. Now you're right; it goes down fast, but I'm I'm going to beg to differ that Roethlisberger can can still chunk a football. Well, interestingly, that you you may have uh, slightly talked me and Pops in to the Steelers, Tony, but LJ is wondering if the Steelers are even playoffs. Talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> now, LJ, I think, does think they can win a game or two, but he is saying that is the team he is crossing off his playoffs. He says the Steelers will not make the playoffs. He loves their talent, but it, he, to him, he said it seems like that locker room, It's been, it's always seemed like there's been 
some issues in that locker room. And now with, with the offensive line calling out the running back and Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown, I think this is kind of who he is. And then the lack of defense. And then I think he's kind of questioning Big Ben. He's just saying he's off the bandwagon. He's done with the Steelers. They won't make the playoffs. And uh, it basically, we, we I wish we had LJ on because he sounds like he's in complete disagreement with the old Uncle Tone. Yeah, maybe this is my chance. Look, I, I'm going to make an appeal to LJ right here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here, all right. Take the floor. So, I know you. You had. You had some words yeah, for, for OL. LJ, look, man. <laughs> let's go out for a drink because you know, obviously, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's some kind of jealousy <laughs> thing. I'm on podcast. You're not. I don't know. But we got to get in sync here, brother. You're a good man. I know you're a good man. But we, we gotta. We gotta. It's like, it's like a players ground. only meeting. Yeah, I know. Should so, we even yeah, be so, here? I'm know, feeling a little bad. We yeah. maybe should exit no, the it's room. All right. <laughs> it's all right. Because and and I I have it from and I you know I have it from uh, a good source that I think LJ's just scared of Patty Mahomes being a Broncos fan. Sometimes those things happen, <laughs> and I think there's just a little, he just, he, little he's, bit he, of there's fear. fear in him, and he's hoping he's a fear. <laughs> but hey, LJ makes some great points. I, much love to LJ. Um, Pound on my chest, giving him the peace sign. Uh, I, but I'd love to go out and let's, let's LJ and I talk because I do I do think that he's got some uh, differing opinions from me. But that's okay. So here, here, here's what I'm hearing though. So the Steelers, it's it's only it's a matter of time before you hear the the typical the Steelers are having a players only meeting where they're trying to get things figured out between everybody. And it sounds like not only are the Steelers going to do that. But here on the on the just press play, we might have to do that too, and we need yeah, Tony we and LJ to have a players yeah, only, players only yeah. maybe we, <laughs> players only. We need look, man, sit down, have a few drinks, and, and let's gonna, let's talk this out. Let's get on the same page. Okay. Here. All right, I'm going to say this. All right, look, man, when's the last time you saw like ten or fifteen New England Patriots out there celebrating together? Last time I ever saw the New England Patriots doing anything together, Bill Belichick and Danny Amendola were dressed up in some kind of funky crap. Going out to the <laughs> Kentucky Derby, betting on betting on ponies, and Bill Belichick was three sheets to the wind because he had some good-looking girl on his arm. That's the last time any kind of New England Patriot had any kind of relationship. They don't give a shit about each other in that locker room. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about it because Belichick but, handles it. But I, that's why I'm saying the Steelers—they don't need to give a shit about each other. They need to go out there and play football. They've got talent to go play football. I don't want to go too far on this, but I will—I argue with you a little <laughs> bit. So the the, the Patriots. They, you're right to the extent. I don't think that at, when the when the game's over with, they're not. They don't care what you're doing, what where you're going to eat, or trying to be friends with your buddy, buddy. But when it when they're on that field, there's one mission, and that's to win football games. It's not worrying about what you're getting paid, what Absolutely. I'm getting paid, what my job is, and that's the problem with the Steelers. It sounds like their offensive linemen are looking at how much Le'Veon Bell is getting paid, how much they're getting paid. Antonio Brown wants to make sure he's getting recognized for his worth. When who cares if some <laughs> random Twitter person says that? At Big Ben's the reason you made your money. Antonio Brown knows he's a stud. Why does he yeah. need verification from so, a Twitter user? Yeah. So Antonio Brown comes off the sideline on Sunday. And he's yelling and down, at offensive co- they're coordinators. They're down 13 points. He says, get me the – I'm going to drop it. Give me the fucking ball. <laughs> you know, that's all he's saying. It, it's because what he's we're saying. behind. Give me the ball and I'll score. you got to give me the ball. That's what the those are the guys you want to say. Hey, give me the ball. I'll take care of this. We shouldn't be losing to the Chiefs at home. And he's saying, "Give me the ball." And they're saying, and "That's oh, all fine and well during the game, but why are we? Why on Monday morning are oh, we missing practice and tweeting about trade me? me? That just is unnecessary." The dude arrived to training camp in a helicopter. 
He just likes the attention. But you know what? On Sunday, there's no receiver better than him. Get him the ball. Yeah, he got nine catches for 67 yards. He's saying, dude, let me go down the field. Maybe, I got this guy. Maybe the problem, I think there was plenty of targets. I think the problem might be that uh, Big Ben is getting a little long in the tooth there and uh, having a hard time getting the ball where it needs to be. But okay, we'll Kevin, go away from that. That's touche, LJ's cross. <laughs> touche. Move on. Touche. Well, cross, that's LJ's crossing them. And he said he wanted to give us two this week since he missed last week. And as much as he loves Fitzmagic and, and, and what he's doing in the post game press conference, he's saying that we got to fade the Bucks and that he'll go ahead and cut them from the playoffs too, because these are just a few weeks. And what's going to, he, what he's seeing happen is they're going to let Winston come back in and it's going to blow up in their face and they'll, they'll be the Bucks that we all saw. I don't know if I'm with LJ on that. But because I think the Bucks, maybe this is the roster that we kind of last year, if you remember, we were all picking the Bucks to be like that sleeper team and be a good team. And there's some talent on that roster. And if if Fitzmagic can be a good quarterback, he can't be. But for about four more games know. at max, he can't be. But yeah. Well, well, there's yeah. no there's no better quarterback than a guy. And LJ kind of alluded this on the last episode. But there's no better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick when he knows that one year eleven million dollar contract is looming. Yeah. He yeah. knows that somebody's about to overpay him, so he's about yeah. to ball out for a year. And we talked about this last week, and, and props out to LJ for calling out again this or earlier this week, that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you've got to be careful jumping on this bandwagon because, again, for three or four games, this guy is Fitzmagic. We can say that one more week. So he's good for that. But the Buccaneers have been looking for an excuse not to start Jameis Winston. And here we go. They're going to have four or five games. The thing that worries me about the Bucs is not necessarily who's quarterbacking, but who's running the football. Peyton Barber was a was a, a, a pretty uh, yeah. pretty late sleeper kind of pick because there's nobody that's given him any competition. Uh, Ronald Jones Jr. has not come into camp ready to roll. They have got to be able to run the football come October, November when they get into Atlanta and they have got to control the clock, and right now they don't have that. Peyton Barber had something like 30-something yards. Now, you can say, yeah, but they were giving them downfield. That's fine, but they've won two games, and both of them were, were pretty close. Philadelphia was right there with them to the very end. Same thing the week before with the Saints. You have... I, I just don't see this continuing, and that's that's not necessarily a bad pick unless, unless they can figure out their running game. And yeah, our, what are you banking on right now? Are you banking that the the, the Bucks are going to keep winning close games, and Fitzpatrick's going to keep being the MVP candidate, or is, or is he going to come back down to earth a little bit? I I can see no, LJ's thoughts. He's on coming that. down. Well, to earth. no, I think he's coming down. But as long as he my, keeps wearing those gold team, chains and showing that ha- chest hair, he's going to be all right. Hell yeah! I want It's a dad wants a quarterback that I to go have a drink with. I want to go have a drink with Fitzpatrick. That man looks like a fun time. So my team that I'm crossing off the list, and it almost feels like a cop-out now after hearing uh, some of our thoughts on them earlier, after hearing Dad and Tony's thoughts. But Seahawks, yeah, we're just, like I said earlier, let's let's send Russell Wilson to Hawaii, take the year off, don't get hurt, go, go spend some time with Sierra, and they just need to go ahead and lose every game from here on out and bottom out. <clears throat> They've already basically done it. That whole Legion of Boom is Earl Thomas is like the only one, him and K.J. Wright and Wagner are the only ones left, and Wright and Wagner are both hurt. Earl Thomas wants out anyway. Just go ahead and trade him, get some picks, and let's start this thing over with. That that team just looks atrocious. Like, as Tony said, when your second best player is a punter, <laughs> you're probably not going to have a big year. And I'm they're, they're not talking playoffs. They just need to bottom out. Dad, who do you got? Well, Who's not making playoffs I, in your book? All right, I'm going the same way. I'm going Seattle because their third best player is a, is a damn field goal kicker. 
and Sebastian <laughs> Janikowski. So, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm taking Seattle. They're not going to make the playoffs, so that puts me on now. I didn't take Dallas last week. I mean, I may use them, but right now I've got Buffalo and Seattle. Kevin, you got Arizona and Seattle. Tony, you got Dallas and whoever you tell us next to not make the playoffs. Who we got? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wait, what happened? I thought Sam Darnold was a Hall of Famer. All of a sudden, they put up 12 points. Hey. I know you weren't on that. You weren't on that. Hey, I think I said it last week, and I appreciate the shout out uh, on on Monday. But if you went to mybookie.ag like I did and put money against the Jets, you're a big, 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 big winner. So (laughs) I, I just, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, there was a lot of hype about it. This kid is a rookie. Yeah, he's going to be good, but not this year. They've got a lot of holes. When Quincy Enumwa is your number one star, there's problems. Yeah, I like I, the guy, but come on. I think the whole on, the whole man. the whole world got blown away with all there's because there's it seems like there's like multiple Greeny Mike Greenberg being the head of them, but there's multiple Jet fans that are notable <laughs> notable talkers on radio and TV. No, no, and Jet fan was just going crazy. You saw the players like waving goodbye to the Detroit Lions. I think in week one, really, we learned more so that the Lions are just not that great of a team than we learned that that Sam Darnold's a Hall of Famer. He might be good eventually, but not yet. Let's cool the hey, pump I'll, breaks. I'll tell you what, y'all don't fall asleep on the Detroit Lions. Now, they may not make the playoffs, but there are going to be some games for all you guys going out to mybookie.ag. Y'all don't fall asleep on those Detroit Lions because they're not that bad. I mean, they went their to coach, San Francisco. Their coach wears a pencil in his ear when he carries yeah, a laminated play sheet. It doesn't, it, <laughs> well, what is he? he he's yeah. incompetent. He's their coach the, sucks. I'm not selling them. I'm selling Matt Patricia. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's get over that. Matt Stafford can still throw the don't fall asleep on the Lions. I'm not saying they're going to win a bunch, but if you're out there, if you're out there on mybookie.ag, be careful when you get a good line on the Lions. I think they are some great bets because they're going to they're going to pretty much lose, but they're going to lose close. So I'd be careful of those. Uh, I'd be bet bet the over, bet the over for all the Lions games because they'll put up the points. They just won't stop anybody. Well, we need to have a little bet update. Uh, uh, Also, so Baltimore did lose to a really hot Cincinnati team. Washington lost to who? Indianapolis? Are you kidding me? Yeah, seriously. I was on the Colts this weekend. You were on the Colts this weekend? I was on the Colts. That line was just too juicy. I know I talked about watching last week, but... (laughs) You're going to put a Bonehammer's little T9C thing on the website. What do I get? What do I get if you put a little T9C Bonehammer's? So what does what does Doc if the Redskins if the Redskins end up with a better record? What, what, does, what, what, does, what does what does Doc, what does Doc get? get? Yeah, uh, Doc, uh, Doc, I'll let you put a poster up here on the uh, in the man cave. I get to put a poster in the man cave. Okay, I, I get to put like a yeah. poster of you me. Put a poster in the man. Cave. I get a post poster of me. Whatever you want. Okay, I, it's your choice. You're smart, you put a poster. If you're smart, you put a poster of your wife. But if, uh, I, I, yeah, if you want it to be you, go ahead on, man. I'm good with that. As Tony's mentioned, if you're going to put down the bets, you got to go to my bookie. And right now, for all our listeners, they've they've been a good, they've been uh, the big sponsor to our podcast, and we appreciate everything from my bookie. And they are now. Not only will they uh, match anything you deposit if you put in the promo code JPP, but if you'll put in the promo code JPP25. All, for all our listeners, they'll actually give you an additional $25 on top of matching whatever your deposit is. So you got to go play on my bookie and you got to put in the JPP 25. Okay. 
So, Kevin, can I still can I tell a mybookie.ag story right now? Yeah, yeah. Let me hear it. Okay. So I went to the site. They have some of my some of my money. Not gonna say how much. And I put in my promo code, so I got a little bit of free play. But here's the thing: C.J. Anderson can suck my you know what. And here's why. <laughs> Whoa. C.J. Anderson got a pass thrown to him by Cam Newton. It bounced off of his damn shoulder pad up in the air, and Atlanta intercepted it. Carolina was driving. I took Carolina for five and a half on mybookie.ag in a seven-game parlay. I didn't do the teaser. I did the parlay. That was a 680-something dollar. I won six out of seven. You know which one I lost? Carolina. C.J. Anderson catches that pass. Carolina goes down to score. Atlanta comes back, kicks a field goal. Guess what? They win by three. Well, you know, I always heard they they only call it. What you did? So you end up losing they the parlay? Or? I, yeah, I lost the parlay because <laughs> because Atlanta won. I think it was uh, uh, 31-24. They won by seven. If if it, if Carolina had gone down and scored, then it would have it would have been twenty. I think twenty seven twenty seven. Yes, and nuts for candies and nuts. Do you know how much you, a six out of a, seven yeah, parlay pays? So, the same as a one so, out of seven parlay plays. <laughs> Nothing. That's correct. Zero. <laughs> Nada. Nada. And. Ladies and to to call it out, ladies and gentlemen, that's a Keith Smith story. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, so you know, sports gambling is now legal, and in New Jersey, that Fanduel opened up this big uh, complex where they do like live betting and all this stuff. Well, the Fanduel in New Jersey declined to pay out. A, a man put a hundred dollar bet on a hundred and ten dollar bet on the Broncos that would have paid out more than eighty two thousand dollars due to an error in the odds making process. And <laughs> FanDuel is not gonna here's what here's so here's the story. This man named Anthony Prince was watching the line as Denver was playing the Raiders and that the, the score was nineteen to seven late in the fourth. And Case Keenum completed a long pass that to get Denver down to the Oakland eighteen yard line, which would obviously put them in a pretty comfortable field goal position, which would take the lead. And so the line, let's see. FanDuel attempted to update the live betting odds to reflect Denver as a minus 600 favorite. However, they accidentally put the Broncos posted as a 170 to 1 uh, underdogs to win the game. And this man noticed it and thought, wait, they're they're underdogs when when all they got to do is kick this little cheap shot field goal. So he put down $110 and it would have netted out a payout of $82,610 at the correct odds. It would have at the correct minus 600, it would have only netted $18.35. So FanDuel came out and said that we will not be paying him this money. They did offer $500 and tickets to three different Giants games. And this, and you know <laughs> what this guy's response was? <laughs> and that, I think that's what this guy said. He said Giants, and he decided he's going to hire attorney. So we'll see what happens. But FanDuel, well, basically FanDuel shit the bed, and now they don't want to pay this guy all the money that they screwed well, up on. What, what are y'all thoughts? Should he get that money or? No, I'm going to I'm gonna have to say to the guy, if you will read the fine print on any bet you make, any errors in calculations, void all bets. I, there is you, fine print between back, FanDuel where it shows it. If you, if you go to Las Vegas and you go to the window, if you read the back of that ticket, it will say any mechanical errors voids all bets. I suspect that FanDuel will win this one if he goes to court. Well, and that's kind of what I was reading was that FanDuel does have something in there where it's just an um, it was an error on their the odds making, and there is some fine print. Now it's going to have to be because it's it's new to New Jersey. This in Nevada, this like you're saying, Tony, this wouldn't be an issue. This happens, and there's fine print to to kind of cover the the odds makers' butts. But 
I don't really know what's going to happen in Jersey. I would bet FanDuel ends up winning. But as this guy, if you're this guy and you notice, clearly when he made the bet, he knew something ain't right with this. There's no way Denver yeah. should be the right. odds. So, and he put the He's money down. To, I mean, he, he hey, knew when on, he man. put he knew when he put the money down. I don't blame him for trying. I don't blame him for trying. I don't blame him for trying. Well, I, I think if I'm, a man I, that I, won't cheat for a poke, he don't just want don't want it a bad enough. enough. <laughs> Yeah, but no. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking about sending a sending a letter to mybookie.ag. Is it really fair that I lost six hundred and eighty eight dollars because CJ Anderson can't catch a pass? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's fair. Yeah, good luck good with luck. that. Good luck. They'll put in their in their box of suggestions hey. that actually goes out to the hey. dumpster. I will say though, money was won this weekend. If you were listening to the podcast earlier, money was won. Mm. Made the Jets. All right. Yep. Well, I think I think that'll do it for this week. As always, Uncle Tone, we appreciate you coming on and making another appearance. Oh, oh man, I can't talk about the wide receivers. Well, I, we're we're cutting we're cutting close. We've been time. going a little. We've we've, we've okay. rattled our gums a little too much today, so I think we're going to have to save the save, save it for the save next. it for a future episode. It'll be there. All right, pops, you got anything else before we sign off? I'm good. I'm out. Peace. All right, guys. Peace out. Thanks, Kebbo. Yeah, I, I've got a. Before we get done, I got a. Hello, hello. You got a little, a little message to LJ. Yeah, I gotta have a shout out to LJ here before we get done. Yeah, all right. Me. Yeah. I don't hear anybody. Oh, let me. Can y'all hear me? I hear you on Skype, Dad, but I don't hear Skype, you on Zencaster. No. You sound like you sound like that dude. Hello, this is God talking. <laughs> all right, I've just muted and unmuted Zencaster. <laughs>